Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Well, praise the Lord. Hop to your feet with me, if you would, in reverence to the reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 28. No time is, is, is leaving us, but this is the only shot we have today, and so we're, we, we've already established we're not a 12 o'clock church, and what that means is we, we don't really attempt to very much. We don't try hard uh, to get out at 12. We don't want to keep you longer than the Holy Spirit would have us to, um, but we do want to take ample time for, for this moment that we have together as we gather in, so... Uh, so let's see what the Lord has for us today. Matthew 28. We're going to read this whole chapter. It's just 20 verses. So verse number 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow For fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. If you're thankful we serve a risen Savior, would you shout amen? And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there you shall see him. Lo, I've told you. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren, that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, and they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. And so they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. And then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I want you to look at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. For just just a few minutes this morning, I want to talk to you on this thought, make the climb, make the climb, turn and tell somebody, make the climb, make the climb, let's ask the Lord to help us with this today, Jesus, 
We just thank you, Lord, for this moment to receive of your word. I ask you to let it come alive today. Let it be fresh in this room, fresh bread. Let it be a rhema word, a living word this morning. I pray, God, that you'll let there be an unction of the Holy Ghost. Bring it from my heart today as you placed it within me. Let us be changed, God, as your word is, is brought forth today. Let it prosper where you've sent it this morning. God, I pray for every person here under the sound of my voice. God, let this word resonate within their spirit and let it bring a change, Lord, unto our lives today. God, let there be a hunger that swells this morning. Let there be a passion and a desire, God, that, that begins to burn within us like we've never known to make the climb up the mountain. For Lord, we know it's there. We'll see you. God, I pray you come. Have your way here and now. We'll give you praise for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, turn around, tell three or four folks, make the climb. Make the climb. Hallelujah. Well, here we are the, the, the week after Easter, after the resurrection. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to complete it as I, I felt it, but I felt the Lord kind of leading me over the next several weeks to, to preach on the days after the resurrection leading up to uh, the day of Pentecost and, and Pentecost Sunday. And as I, today, as we're looking at Matthew, and we'll look at each gospel uh, over in the weeks ahead, but I, I want us to just look here, if we can, starting at verse 9, and, and work through this for just a few moments. Kind of love me through it today, if you will. If I'm not bouncing off the walls like I normally am, just kind of love me through that today. But I want you to look at verse number 9, because this was after... Uh, Mary, uh, the two Marys actually discover that Jesus had risen, and in verse nine the Bible says that that they uh, they departed. Or sorry, verse eight they departed quickly from the sepulchre after Jesus had had spoken to them with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, Jesus met them, saying, "All hell!" I want everyone to say that. All hell. Now, I, I got to looking into just the, it's, it's actually one word, Brother Marshall, in the Greek, you're going to appreciate this. One word in the Greek, and the Greek word is chero, and I couldn't help but think cheerio uh, whenever I started looking at that. But it's a verb that means to be cheerful, to be calmly happy. It's a greeting, and it also means to rejoice. Uh, I don't know anybody that's ever said all hell, you know, whenever we come in contact with each other, right? I mean, uh, it, most of us, it would be hello, right? Uh, if you answer the phone, what do you say? Hello. I got looking into that. And uh, the interesting thing is Thomas Edison actually is the one that started that in the 1800s with the, the telephone when, whenever uh, he said that when someone answers, you say Hello. But his competition, his rival, the inventor there, Alexander Graham Bell, he started it wanting them to say ahoy when they, when they answered the phone. The reason I'm picking on Brother Marshall over that is because me and him go on like that a lot of times when we see each other. Ahoy, you know, top of the morning to you, you know. But, but, but the, the reality is this, it was a greeting, and it was a greeting that was happy. 
And, and Jesus, when he sees them, he says, all hell. He was saying to them, be cheerful and rejoice. Uh, be calmly happy, right? Uh, don't worry, but be happy is what he is saying to them. Now, the interesting thing about this Greek word is we see it in some other places in Scripture. First, we see it in Matthew 2 and verse 10. And it was when the, the wise men were looking for the baby Jesus and the Bible says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Isn't that interesting? That same word was used uh, by men at, at, at the, not the birth, but, but within the first couple of years of Jesus' life, they rejoiced. It was an all hell moment. We see it again in Matthew 26 and verse 49. When the Bible shows us that Jesus uses this word when he comes into the garden in the moment of betrayal, and, and the Bible says in chapter 26, verse 49, he says, Hail, Master. And what follows that was a kiss. The Bible says, and he kissed him. We see it one more time in Matthew 27 and verse 29. The Bible says that the soldiers put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head and a reed in his right hand and bowed a knee before him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. That word, chero, that Greek word, that verb that means rejoice, be happy. It means greetings. Here we find that the reality here is that Jesus got the last word in. Come on, can somebody say amen? All of our, all the wives, you want to know why us guys always try to get the last word? We learned it from Jesus. Can I get an amen? But in chapter 28, verse 9, he says, all hell. I, I just love the fact that, that that word may have been used at one point for betrayal. It may have been used at another point for those that were mocking Jesus. But here the first words that he speaks after the resurrection unto those that came looking for him was rejoice. What a word for us today. In the midst of everything you're facing in life, can we let there be a declaration today that we can rejoice and be happy in Jesus? Is anybody happy in Jesus today? Come on, if you are, shout amen. But then we move a, a little further in verse 10. Jesus says, be not afraid. That word there, the words there, be not afraid, is one word which means to frighten or to be alarmed, to fear. And he's saying, listen, ladies, no fear, no anxiety. I believe it's a word that needs to be declared today in the midst of this congregation that because we serve a risen Savior, there is no need to be in fear. There is no need for fear in our lives. There is no need for anxiety. There is no need for a panic attack. There is no need for discouragement. There is no need for depression. Why? Because Jesus rose from the grave victorious over death and hell and the grave. We got a reason today to be happy we've got a reason today to have peace in our life because Jesus lives and because he lives I can face tomorrow amen because he lives I don't have to be afraid the New Living Translation says that Jesus said to them don't be afraid go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. He said, leave 
for Galilee. Now, I, don't, I can't spend a long time on this or we'll never get where we're going, but I, I begin to do a little studying on Galilee, begin to look into Galilee and what, what Galilee actually was all about. And, and, and what I found was that the very name Galilee, it means circuit and it means district, but it also means circles of heathen or heathen circles. And I got to thinking about the fact that the Lord tells them after the resurrection to go to Galilee. And, and something began to resonate in my spirit that, you know, oftentimes that we as church people, we don't fully understand why we have to go through what we go through, why we have to face what we face, why we have to deal with what we deal. But understand that the Lord always has a purpose. If you believe that, say amen. There's a purpose for all of your pain. Right in the middle of darkness is where light will shine the brightest. What I love about it is that he said, you will see me there. Hallelujah. You see, I begin to, to dig a little bit more into Galilee and under, begin to understand just all that took place within Galilee and, and, and just the reality of Galilee being that of heathen circles. You know, I don't know if you've ever called somebody a heathen. I've done that kind of through the years, playing around. Somebody wanted to be a little doubtful about something or acting acting the fool over something and I'd say you heathen or something like that but it, it really is a word that means something if you if you define it it means there's it's atheist it's agnostics uh, it is even those that are heretics you know atheists being those that say there is no God agnostics that say well we don't believe in God because we don't believe there's any way to prove that there's a God and then a heretic being somebody that once was in agreement in serving God but for whatever reason has fallen out uh, with, with, the, with the gospels or with the doctrine of the church but it's even more than that it's really the culture and the societies that we live in it's paganism in the land it's, it's false religions that have taken over. It's the heathen circles. There are 4,000 plus religions in the world today. Did you know that? There are 3,999 religions that have it wrong. What a bold statement for this preacher to make up here. But the reason that I can make that statement is because I know that Christianity has it right. Because we are the only one that our leader died and he rose again on the third day. And he is alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way. How many of you believe that today? Reality this morning we find in verses 11 through 15 that things begin to happen. You know, we've got shirts that are for sale over there in the, in the front office, Sister Jessica, wherever she's at. And I don't, I don't normally uh, uh, mention this in the middle of a message, but I want to brag on our sister. She doesn't ask for any recognition. She wants no accolades. But that, the ministry of that lady right there... Is, is to provide 
the shirts and all the different uh, things that we have that has Crosspoint on it, but we've, we've launched a, a witnessing paraf para paraphernalia. I don't think that's the right word. Wit I don't even know what to call it. Witnessing shirts that say all kind of things, you know, like... Uh, uh, Bless, Lord, bless this hot mess or, or, you know, warning at any minute I may start talking about Jesus or normal isn't coming back, Jesus is. But she has led the way in that. But one of the shirts that she made is, is off of the song that Pastor Hayden sings that says, Hell lost another one. I just want to know if there's anyone that's got that testimony today that hell lost another one. Woo, because you came out of the clutches of sin. Amen. But... In these few verses here, 11 through 15, we find that, that all of a sudden hell went on the counter attack and, and, and did this by, by sowing lies and deception. Do you know that's how the forces of darkness always work? Do you know that most folks are in a moment of depression because the forces of, of darkness have sown a, a lie or deception in their mind or in their spirit? And when we read this here, this is what happened. They immediately realized that we have got to do something because his body's not there, he's gone, and we know what you're saying happened, soldiers, but we're going to give you this large amount of money, and we want you, if anybody asks you, you're your response is to be that, that his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. Now, how many of you know today that the love of money is the root of all evil? That lie was sown, I mean birthed, because of the evil of that religious spirit that said rather than us declaring this miracle, we would rather sow this lie. And the Bible says in that last verse that it's commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. I found it very interesting that, that the forces of darkness immediately, within this passage at least, immediately went on the counterattack. Now this is the reality, and I think it's worth us declaring today, that no matter what lie hell tries to tell, the truth is the truth and will always be the truth. And the truth is that Jesus, he wasn't stole out of a grave by disciples, but on that early third morning, that resurrection morning, all of a sudden that body that had laid lifeless for three days, a heart began to beat and blood began to flow and he got up from that grave victorious. Does anybody know it's the truth? today. Why? Because he lives inside of us. <laughs> Woo! We move to verse 16 and we find that the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. They went into heathen circles. There they went. We know that Galilee was the northern Galilee, the southern Galilee, and here we find that they went up into a mountain. It was a mountain that Jesus had appointed for them to go to. This mountain actually is believed to have been Mount Tabor. It's over 1,800 feet high, and it is this mountain that is believed to have been the same mountain of Matthew chapter 17, which was the Mount of Transfiguration. 
It was, it was here that Jesus, uh, having disciples with him, that all of a sudden in his time of prayer, that the Bible says that the disciples looked and they saw, they saw Elijah and they saw Moses appearing and talking and ministering unto Jesus. And it was here that Jesus' Jesus's body and vesture began to glow. His face began to shine. His raiment became white and glowing. It is, it is, as a matter of fact, the very word used is transfigured. He was transfigured. The word transfigured there in the Greek is metamorpho, which means to transform or to change. Are you following me in this? Now stay with me now. A little bit of teaching this morning, but stay with me. This word metamorpho is the same word used in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 where Paul said, Be not conformed to this world, but be you what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, all of a sudden here were these disciples that, that were down in the valley, in a place that death was surrounding them. They were afraid for their lives. So much have they been afraid for their lives that Peter had denied the Lord three times. Uh, here we find so afraid for their lives, they had went into hiding and, and literally uh, had, had, uh, had secluded themselves for fear that they, they could be next, that they could be killed. But all of a sudden now this word of this resurrection comes and Jesus tells Mary, go tell them to go to Galilee. They knew when they received the word, go to Galilee, that he was saying, go to that mountain that we have appointed. How many of you know today that the Lord is calling some folks up to a mountain of change, up to a mountain of transformation? If the Lord needed to be on that mountain, for transformation how much more is he calling you and he calling me now let me make it clear to you today that transformation isn't going to come because of church membership it's not going to come because you shook the preacher's hand it's not going to come because how much tithes you pay it's not going to come because of how many deeds you've done it's not going to come by any of that no the reason it was a place of transformation is because Jesus was there. Hallelujah. In verse 17 it says when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted. We'll deal with the doubters in just a moment. But I, I want to tell you something today. I believe that what we need in the church again it, it, it's not to for us to be a place that is so technically advanced and, and we know how to do the light shows and play the right music and man we can move folks with that. I'm going to tell you that's not going to accomplish a thing. What we must be is a place that when folks come here they see Jesus high and lifted up. Amen. What did he say? He said and I if I be lifted up will what? Will draw all men unto me. We need a revival today of seeing Jesus again. Can I get some musicians back up here with me? I'm hurrying. That word, the word there in the Greek which translates they saw him, when they saw him means they stared at him. They discerned clearly. They attended to him. They experienced him and they perceived who he was. See, I believe today if we can just see Jesus again, there's something that's going to shift on the inside of us. 
See, there's some folks that need to break out of some religious junk that is in your life. You know what you need? You need to see Jesus again. I'm not interested in how long you've been in church, how many scriptures you can quote, or how good of a person you are. What I want to know today is have you had an experience with Jesus? What people need is an experience with Jesus. When they got to that mountaintop, they saw a risen Savior. They saw the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords standing in front of them. Do you know why it was a mountain of transformation? Because they saw Jesus. They saw a crucified Savior, but yet a risen Lord. <laughs> See, why, why, did, why would they be afraid? Why would, they, why would they not all launch out and say, we're going. Let's go up the mount. Let's make the climb because that's where he, he's called us to be. Let's make the climb up in under this mountain of transformation, this mount of transfiguration. We've seen the glory there before. Let's go now ourselves. Why would they ever be afraid? Because what, would, what in the world could they do to Jesus that they hadn't done already? If they were to come and try to kill him, he'd just get back up. Why would they for a moment not want to launch out and, 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 and go find, go to the mount where he's said to meet? Got to thinking about it today. Early this morning, I was thinking about his lifeless body. Laying in that tomb. draped with grave clothes covered with spices and ointments blood dried in his veins a heart muscle where rigor mortis had already begun to set in lungs that became as hard as rocks a brain that had been depleted from oxygen for 72 hours or so. There he laid, pale. Death was settling. We back up to the story of Lazarus. Martha didn't want Jesus to have the stone moved away. Why? Because he's been dead four days and what? By now he stinks. Jesus, there he laid in that grave. All of a sudden, glorious power. I don't know. I wish we could see it. I wish we could somehow know the see how it happened. Well, we've tried to portray it through the years, haven't we, baby? That glory filled that earthen vessel. The heart said, doo-doo, 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 and begin to beat blood begin to flow through veins again Ooh, life begin to invade in that body hallelujah oh there were eyes begin to twitch and at some point he sat up right there in that cold dark grave oh all of a sudden he grabs that napkin that was on his face and folds it and sets it over to the side oh saying you know what it's been a good time these past three days I'm folding it saying I, I'm 
I'm, I'm coming back one day. Hallelujah. And there he gets up and he stands up in that tomb. He didn't have to have the stone moved to get out because now he's a risen Savior. Now we find when we'll see later on in other gospels that he could just appear wherever he wanted to. Right in the middle of nowhere. Boop. There was Jesus. Hallelujah. So he didn't need the stone moved. The angel moved the stone just so we, so Mary could get in and see that he's not there anymore. Something had to have stirred in these disciples whenever they were climbing up that mount and say, I just got to see him. I got to see him. I, I, last time I saw him, he was bleeding and he was unrecognizable. His skin was ripped from his body. He was beaten and bruised. They plucked his beard. They put a crown of thorns on him. If he's risen from the grave, I just got to see him. And so they climbed one step at a time, 1,800 feet on up that mountain. And it was there when they saw this risen Savior. It wasn't about religion, but it was about a relationship. And the Bible said they begin to worship him. They begin to worship him. Hallelujah. Because a risen Savior is worthy to be praised. I said a risen Savior is worthy to be praised and glorified. Uh, they worshipped him. Definition of that word worship in the Greek means to kiss. To kiss one's hand. It actually expounded on it a little bit more like it said like a dog licking a master's hand. I wasn't going to take it that far. <laughs> But they begin to kiss his hand. You know what else they did? They fell at his feet. It's th that word also means to prostrate oneself in, in homage. To lay down before one. I want you to think about it. It means to do reverence. It means to adore. It means to worship. For three and a half years, they had walked with him. For three and a half years, they had listened to all the truths he had told. For three and a half years, they had dreaded what he had told them would happen about him dying and having to die. And Peter even told him, Lord, no, this will not be so. And, and the Lord rebuked him and said, get thee hence, Satan. You savor not the things of God, but the things of man. They didn't want to see him die. Here were these 11 disciples. Just imagine for a moment climbing up that mountain. I don't know if they were running. I, I, I don't know, but I know that every, every step they took said, I'm fixing to see Jesus. Every step they took said, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to see him. He said, if we'll just get there, we're going to see him. And so they climbed. Can you imagine in your mind's eye that moment whenever they topped that mountain and all of a sudden there stood in front of them, not, not beaten to a pulp, not bloody from head to toe, but a Savior that had been glorified. A Savior, yes, he had the scars in his hand, in his feet, and in his side, but there stood in front of them the one that had prophesied and said you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up again oh they saw in front of them the manifestation that he was the Christ the son of the living God if he had
hadn't rose again he would have been just a prophet but now they were seeing him he is who he said he is he is the Christ he is the son of the living God same word worship used there proskuneo is used in another place in Matthew and it's chapter 4 verse 10 Jesus said unto him get thee hence Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve see now in this moment it was a declaration that you are God the Son. Hallelujah. Can we declare today that Jesus is worthy of our adoration? Is there anybody that feels that way today? You didn't save yourself. Oh, did you hear me? You couldn't save yourself. Is there anybody that had declared today he's worthy of my adoration? I will fall before him because he is worthy. I lift my hands to him because he is worthy. I lift my voice to him because he is worthy. I lay prostrate before him because he is worthy, 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 worthy. See, some doubted, the Bible says. Some doubted. Believe that Matthew was referencing doubting Thomas. I don't know if in this moment this was the case or not, but we'll talk about doubting Thomas later. But in John chapter 20, verse 25, Whenever they told him, we've seen the Lord, he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into, into his side, I will not believe. Doubt. To waver in opinion. See, none of us really want to admit we have doubt. But if you're wavering in your relationship with the Lord, it is because of doubt. Ah, preacher, I believe. Well, see, we got to not only believe in the mercy of God, but we got to believe in the judgment of God. See, I believe if we wouldn't doubt the judgment of God like we do, we'd be a lot more on fire for the Lord. We'd be better witnesses of who Jesus is. We'd stay ready every day for the rapture. Are you following me? Beautiful thing is that the Lord can handle our doubt. Jesus didn't kick Thomas to the curb. We find in that passage in John, he said, Come here, Thomas. Give me your finger. Give me your hand. He let Thomas touch the scars. He did say, But Thomas, bless are those that don't see but yet believe. That's us. See today, some of you maybe maybe there's a doubt inside of you that it's given way to discouragement. Maybe the enemy's told you you're not gonna make it through this, or maybe he's told you you know this need will never be met, or whatever he's lying, he's fed you, and it's brought you to a place you're low, you're discouraged, maybe in depression, and it's because of doubt. Jesus can handle our doubt. 
we find a story that this same Greek word of doubt was used. And it's actually in Matthew 14. And it's where Peter was walking on water. You remember that story? I, I get frustrated with folks forgiving Peter a hard time because he sank. Because Wendell, he's the only one that got out of the boat. Let's give him a little bit of credit. Amen. At least he got out of the boat and said, Lord, if it's you bid me come. But what we find is that Peter was walking on the water and he began to sink. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Somehow Peter got his eyes on the waves and heard the wind. It created a doubt. See, the enemy wants you focusing on everything that's wrong rather than magnifying your Jesus. If you will magnify him in the midst of your problem and your struggle, you're going to make it through it with joy. You're going to make it through it with strength. You're going to come out on the other side victorious and with a peace in your spirit. You see, they, the Lord said, go to Galilee, and they knew it. that means go up to the mount. I may have to live in a Galilee. I may have to live in heathen circles. We may be living in perilous times in an evil day. But I have made a decision in my own self that I'm going to go up to the mountain of transfiguration. I'm going to go up to the mountain of transformation because it's there I will see Jesus. Are you hearing me? I know that Galilee, this Galilee that we live in today, I know you can't turn on the TV without being faced with, with such wickedness and evil. For crying out loud, you can't even watch a commercial without having such ungodliness shoved in your face, in the face of your children. We may be here in a place of Galilee that is filled with what we will call heathen people. Some may take an offense at that, but the reality is that it's true that people that don't believe in God, people that don't know if they believe in God, people that, that believe in many gods and the wrong gods and they don't believe that Jesus is the only way to God or to the Father, but the reality is this, we may be here and everywhere we turn it may be bondage and addiction and sin and evil and wickedness and unrighteousness and ungodliness, but I want you to know today that Galilee may be a circle of the heathen, but it is also a breeding ground for miracles. The reason he died on the cross, the reason that he rose again is because of a Galilee. Because of a people that needs a Savior, that needs a Lord, that needs a deliverer. You see, and I'm hurrying. It was in Galilee that Jesus called Peter and Andrew to be fishers of men. It was in Galilee that Jesus turned the water into wine in Cana. It was in Galilee that Jesus healed the nobleman's son. It was in Galilee that Jesus delivered the demoniac of the Gadarenes. It was in Galilee that he fed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with just a few loaves and a couple fish. It was in Galilee that Jesus walked on the water. It was on the Sea of Galilee that Jesus calmed the storm. It was in Galilee that Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount that we call the Beatitudes. It was in Galilee, although 
a land of heathen circles. It was a land of miracles. And there's one reason why. Because Jesus was there. I know we're living in dark times. I know we're living in a dark hour. I know you don't have to travel very far before you'll be faced with some type of ungodliness. But I want to tell you, church, the reason that God's got us where he's got us in a place of Galilee is because Jesus said to go up the mount. I want you to go to a higher place because it's there you're going to see me because it's in Galilee he's going to work miracles you see in verse 18 through 20 Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. He said all power. Everyone say that, all power. Not some power. All power. All power. I want you to get ready to sing that last song you sang. If I can get all the rest of our family up here you see I just want to ask you today is there anyone here that's willing to make the climb up the mountain how are we going to climb this mountain preacher one step at a time James 4 and 8, he said, draw nigh to God and he'll what? Huh? Draw nigh to God and he'll what? I don't have any scripture that indicates that there were any disciples that couldn't make the climb themselves. there may have been at the end of the day nobody can do it for you but we're here to help you that means you hit this altar and saying you know what I want to get to where Jesus is I've I've been in this valley of pain I've been down here where it's just dark and I'm depressed and and death is surrounding me and and, and I know the Lord is calling me to a higher place and I want to get there. I want to climb there but I need somebody that'll help me. I need somebody that'll help bear a burden with me. Somebody that'll hold my arms up through this battle that I'm in. How many of you ever been there when you've been on the receiving end of that and you've needed that? How many of you understand what I'm saying? it was about surrender it was about worship it was about getting their eyes on Jesus you got to be willing to make the climb you got to climb 
Climb to the mountain of life. Climb to the mountain of change, the mountain of transformation. Choose to rise above it all. Jesus is calling you to a higher place. Pastor, I don't, I don't feel fully understand. You're never going to experience that change that you're desiring in your life until you first surrender that you got to come out of where you are. He's calling you to come to a higher place. Now, I know we throw the word mountain in there, and, and then it starts feeling like, uh-oh, you know, it's impossible. Listen, it, it may be impossible in and of yourselves. You can't do it. But I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Salvation is a free gift. But, friend, if you're going to get closer to the Lord, it's going to be because you've made up your mind. I'm climbing this mountain. I'm going higher. I want more of God. Listen to me. The, the, the truth and the reality of it all is this that we want to see Ponce de Leon turned upside down for the glory of God we want to see the Funiac Springs turned upside down for the glory of God we want to see Bonifay and Chipley and Samson and Geneva and Freeport turned upside down for the glory of God can I tell you something when those disciples came down off that mountain they didn't come down discouraged they didn't come down defeated why? because they had been with Jesus. Can I tell you what I give you the strength you need, the joy you need, the power you need, the peace you need. You just need to get with Jesus. Make the climb. When I first began the Lord Him dealing with me about this passage, it was specifically about heathen circles about the darkness that surrounds us. Some of you work in places that is dark. And some have prayed, Lord, put me in a job with a bunch of Christian folks. We've talked about that before. If he moves you, then who will be the light on your job? Maybe he's got you there to climb the mountain and to see miracles happen in your Galilee. Who knows, maybe you're going to be the one to win somebody to Jesus and it start a firestorm of revival on your job. Next thing you know, everybody on your job will be saved. Then get ready because then he might move you somewhere else. Not because he's mad with you, but because he trusts you. Because you've learned what it is to make the climb. You refuse to stay in the valley of defeat and depression and darkness. Whenever the Lord has said, get to Galilee. There is some circles of folks that need to hear about Jesus. How many of you know today that what's going to fix this community, this state, this nation, it's not going to come from the halls of government. It's not going to come from the classrooms of our schools. It's not going to come from the economy. What will fix this problem is only going to come by a church that is made to climb up a mountain and has seen Jesus for who He is and has come down changed and transformed by the power of God. Come on, stand with me if you would. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, say, there's something different about you. When's the last time somebody said that about you? Oh, not me, preacher. I drag myself to work. Oh, I'm, I'm mad at the world till I hit my third cup of coffee. No wonder they don't want to come to church with you. 
the hour's late. I know we've already had a great altar service. I just wonder if we can at least take a moment right now for something to stir in us that says, you know what? I want to get closer to the Lord because there's a Galilee that needs miracles in my life. There, there's a circle of folks that's in my life that need Jesus. Oh, maybe in, in the depths of their heart they're good folks, but they're lost. They're, 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 they're sick. See, Jesus said that the, the, the well don't need a physician. He said it's the sick. So I need to let them know there's one that loves them. There's one that died for them. There's one that cares about them. I've got a Galilee in my life. There's people that need to hear about Jesus. But for me to be that vessel, I've got to make it up to that mountain. Place of transformation, the renewing of my mind. Oh, hallelujah. See, I believe this. The harvest of souls that is on the way to this church it's not necessarily going to happen in services. It's going to be by you marching into the Galilee of your life and recognizing that there, there may be a lot of darkness here. There may be a lot that's wrong here. But I serve a God that can show up and work miracles right in the midst of it. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. Lord, I believe that you've called us. You've called us, Lord, just as the disciples received the word to get to Galilee. Lord, they were willing to make that climb. They were willing to, to climb that mountain, Lord, as hard as it may have been, so they could see you in your power and in your glory. God, I pray for a stirring in our people today that we'll be willing to make the climb that will go after you like we never have before, that will pray like we've never prayed before. We'll take every, every excruciating step of sacrifice, of denying ourselves to give ourselves and surrender unto you in prayer and in worship and in study, climbing up this mountain that we can see you, Lord, in your power and in your glory in our life, that we can be see, see you high and lifted up Lord for it's there that we will be changed if we can see you again Jesus oh if we can fall in love with you again if we can just get closer to you today oh God we'll never be the same again Lord if we're going to reach our community if we're going to reach our family if we're going to reach our friends if we're going to reach our circles Lord those that we come in contact with We've got to get to where you are on that mountain. God, help us to rise above our own problems. Rise above our struggles. Rise above the storm. Rise above the battles that we can experience you like never before. Help us to be willing to make the climb. Help us in the name of Jesus. Today, if you have a lost loved one, I want you to shoot your hand up right now. You got somebody that's lost. And if they were to die, you know they're not ready. Come on, raise your hand up. I've got, I've got lost family. I've got lost friends. I've got lost coworkers. And I, and I, I, I believe in the Lord's going to save them. 
Come on, if you've got your hand up, or even if you don't, I want you to begin to move towards these altars. We're fixing to pray over Galilee right now. Our Galilee, come on, begin to move because we're believing God is going to raise us up for this moment, for such a time as this, for this hour, for this moment. Come on, everyone that raised their hand, step out, step out, step out. Come on, all the way up, if you will, all the way up because we serve a miracle work in God. Woo! Listen, it, it may never be a preacher that can reach your family. It may never be a preacher. But you know who it could be? You! It could be you that reaches your family for the glory of God. It could be you that is the hands of Jesus extended, the feet of Jesus walking into their dark times and walking into their valleys and into their moments. Y'all come on up here. I want to pray right now for lost loved ones. And I'm believing that the Lord's going to use you to reach them for the glory of God. We're going to make a climb today. We're going to surrender under the call of the Lord. He said, get to the mountain. We're climbing it up today. We're climbing up it today. And we're believing on all on this journey. We're going to see Jesus again. We're going to see Him. We're going to experience Him. We're going to worship Him. We're going to know when we come down from here, we'll never be the same again. In the name of Jesus. I want you to get that person, that lost loved one in your mind right now. If you've, if you've ever prayed for them, I want you to pray right now. I want us to intercede right now for Galilee. For, for those that are in our lives, the circle of our lives, that don't know Jesus, come on, let's pray right now. As they begin to sing and minister this song, Lord, we believe that you're a wonder-working God. We believe, God, that you can bring them in. We believe, Lord, Holy Ghost conviction can begin to move over their lives. In the name of Jesus, God, you see them where they're at. You see them what they're going through. You see them what they're dealing with. God, you see how the enemy is sown down and confused in them. But Lord, we call their names out right now unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we ask you, God, to turn it all around. Let us see you high and lifted up today. Let us fall in love with you all over again. And we can win our family and win our friends, Lord. Give us the words to speak. Lord, give us the things to do. God, give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Give us discernment. Oh, Almighty God, empower us by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.